if it's your first time here tonight, I just want a, a big warm welcome to you. Uh, if, if you've come with a friend, you've found out about us on the internet, whatever, you've seen a sign, whatever it is, so delighted to have you with us. If you're back, you've been here recently and you're back again, uh, it's great to have you with us. God's doing some awesome things here in this place, in many people's lives, and uh, it's, it's just awesome. I have a, I'm, I'm beginning a series tonight, a two-week series. I'm going to do next this week and next week that we'll get to in a moment, but it is Father's Day. Give me a wave if you're a father here today. Happy birthday to all, happy birthday, happy Father's Day. Get that right. Happy Father's Day to all, all our dads. I did think in that little clip, Jeremy, with the, with the, the guys drinking um, the little cups of tea, with the, I thought, that's you. That's, that's your life with your four girls, just having little tea parties and Barbie dolls. And So we celebrate all the dads and everything that you're doing. And uh, I love being a dad. I, I, just, I would say this, being a dad is one of the most uh, re- challenging and rewarding things that I do. It's, it's challenging in the sense of, you know, our nature is to be selfish, so we want to just look after ourselves. So being a dad means you've got to be responsible and caring for others. So that's, that's what's really challenging about it. But it's, the mo- it's so rewarding. I love it. And so yesterday, I, I celebrated Father's Day. Yesterday, I got given some presents. And one of the things I've told my kids for years is, is part of my role is to be your coach. I'm here to help you and in the decisions that you make and, and help, you know, one day I will be friends, uh, and, but as when you're little, my priority is not to be your friend, it's actually to help you grow and set boundaries and bonding and then as you mature, we'll become friends, but I'll, I can always be your coach and I've been hinting for years to get, to get a cap or a, a, shir- a shirt, so Gemma did buy me this, it's my coach cap, so, you know, just because it's Father's Day tonight, I wore it this morning. I'm going to wear it again tonight because I figure a part of my role as the pastor in this church is, is to pray for everyone in this church, to, to, to help us uh, have a greater relationship with Jesus, to find some principles out of the Bible that will coach all of us to live our best life. So today you can call me coach instead of pastor, and it's great to be here with you. All right, all right. Here we go, here we go. Uh, just before we get going, because it is Father's Day, it means I'm allowed to tell dad jokes. Come on, who, who thinks dad jokes rule? Come on, just help me out. Uh, pretty much, the, 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 if a dad joke is awesome, then you tell it's awesome by the level of the groan. If it's a groan, it's like, oh, that was a really good joke, just so you know, all right. So just here's a couple, a couple. I did some this morning for you tonight that might be a bit different. Okay, you know what the best part about Switzerland is? Well, the flag is a big plus. No, come on, come on. I just found out that I'm colorblind. The diagnosis came completely out of the purple. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yesterday, I slapped Dwayne Johnson on the butt. I've officially, I've officially hit rock bottom. Come on, that's not too bad. That's, that's all right. I had a happy childhood. My dad used to put me in a tire and roll me down the hill. They were the good years. The tire, the good years. Come on. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, okay, what else? What else? Okay, last one. I said this this morning if you were here. But anyway, my girlfriend and I went out on our ninth date to see the new Batman film. So you could summarize our dates like this. Dinner, 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 Batman. Uh, okay, all, all week. We'll be here all week. There we go. All right, tonight, uh, Holy Spirit, help us 
as we look into your word. Help us, Lord, to continue to move with what you're doing in this house. I know that there's revival in the atmosphere of this place. I know that there's revival in the hearts of many, young and old. And Lord, I see a move of God in this place that's so strong and so powerful that young, young and old get on fire for you and sell out for you. God, in this season, I know that you are setting hearts on fire and you're setting up a generation to change the world right here and right now. And I ask in your name, Holy Spirit, that you would help us in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. All right. The title of my message over this next two weeks is Wholeheartedly wholeheartedly. I'm not sure if we have a slide or not. We do wholeheartedly. And the, 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 this, this concept of this preach that I'm going to do tonight and next week really came to me um, over the last couple of months as I was reading my daily devotional, my one-year Bible, and I was going through 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, and 2 Chronicles in the Old Testament. And this tells the story of many of the kings that Israel had, starting from Saul to David, and then how the, the, the kingdom of God, God's people was split into two t- particular kingdoms. And, and then it just kind of, it's, it's an emotional roller coaster reading uh, Kings and Chronicles. It's, it's like, you know, it's like one minute it'll go, and so-and-so was an amazing king who served God with all of their heart. And because of that, everything was blessed. And I'm like, yes. And then he goes, but this, his son didn't serve God and he was and he turned his back on God I'm like no it's just like this and, and, and so as I read through these couple of books in the in these couple of books in the Bible I felt God speak to me through one particular verse that I want us to look at together and learn some things out of this that's going to help us tonight and it's uh, I want to start in 2 Chronicles 25 1 and 2 and it's about it's this king called Amaziah Amaziah or Amaziah, whatever you want to say, was 25 years old. How many 25-year-olds have we got in the house tonight? We've got a few. Excellent. 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem for 29 years. His mother's name was that one, Jehoadan. She was from Jerusalem. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. I'm like, yes, 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 but not wholeheartedly. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh. And so like, okay, interesting thought. He obviously loved God. He, he, his father had done good things, it says, but he wasn't wholehearted. I wonder when I read that what it means for you and I to be wholehearted, what it means for us to be fully devoted, other verses say. And, in, and I wonder what it was about Amaziah that made him not wholehearted. And so I looked, at, I looked it up, and so Chronicles and Kings often tell the same stories about the same people, and you, you'll kind of double up. So it's like deja vu when you read through after reading through the other one. And says, okay, it talks about uh, 2 Kings chapter 14, the second year of, of Joash, the king of Jehoaz, uh, king of Israel. Amaziah became king. So he's the, he's the king of Judah. He's 25 years old, reigned 29 years. Okay, same information, his mum's name, etc. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. So he, he did some good things. Yet, not like his father David, so he's talking about his great-great-great-grandfather David. He did everything as his father Joash had done. However, the high places were not taken away And the people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. Park that thought just for a moment. We'll come back to it. 
Then we read about another king. His name's Hezekiah. He's one of the good guys. 2 Chronicles 31, as you go, as you read. And this is what Hezekiah did throughout Judah during what was good and right and faithful before the Lord his God. In everything that he undertook in the service of God's temple and in obedience to the law and the commands, he sought his God and worked wholeheartedly. And so he prospered. Uh, the NLT said he was successful. And as you read through the Old Testament of these kings, you find that ones who sought God wholeheartedly, God would put his favor on their life. They would experience blessing. That whole group of people under their leadership would experience God's favor, protection from their enemies. Their crops would be blessed. There'd be financial provision, healing provision, all sorts of provision. And you linked it to the wholehearted pursuit of God. And you go, okay, well, what's different about this guy pursuing God wholeheartedly? And we read, so we go back to two kings, read about the same guy. And it says, and he did, Hezekiah, what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done. He removed the high places, there it is again, high places, and broke down the sacred pillars. He cut down the wooden images and broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. They kept that and they kept worshipping them. That's a story from years earlier where God had delivered them. And now they're worshipping something that God once used to set them free. Now it's become an idol because it was only meant for, uh, as, as an instrument of blessing so that they would worship God. But they began to worship the instrument, not the God who gave it to them. And so these days, okay, they burn incense to it. They called it another name. And he trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him wholeheartedly. I wonder what that means to you and me here tonight, to love and serve God wholeheartedly. I wonder, I wonder what it means for us as Christians in the New Testament under the New Covenant, and if you're a follower of God, and if you're not tonight yet a follower of God, at the end of this service, tonight's your night to invite the God of love into your heart to change and transform your life, just like Philinger shared so beautifully earlier of how God came and, and, and brought healing and love into his life and, and blessing has got on his life as a result of serving God. I wonder what it means for us to tear down the high places in our life. I wonder what it means. See, so, so in, the, in the Old Testament, what would happen when they went in to take their promised land, uh, the, the people, of the, they were called the Canaanites, and the Canaanites were renowned, and there are all sorts of different varieties of them, the Moabites, the Ammonites, there's all sorts of different varieties of them. Uh, they, they, they would worship and they set up pillars uh, and, and poles, and um, they'd set up altars for the worship of all, all sorts of different gods, 27 different gods that the Canaanites had. Uh, they, they would set up temples, and they would be on hills, and they would be under luxuriant trees. And God said, when you go into the promised land, you need to pull down all of the high places so that your hearts don't get caught in worshiping anything except God. Because we know that the, the Bible, the first commandment, God gave 10. The first was that you, yeah, the Lord your God, you shall worship the Lord your God and Him only. Then it says, and you'll make no idols uh, to worship apart from God. It tells us the idea, and it goes on, explains that God's a jealous God. He, he'll pour his life out for you, but he's jealous. He wants your devotion and your heart, your whole heart. 
I liken it a little bit like this. I, 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 I'm married to my beautiful wife. You saw her up here prophesying earlier. We've been married for almost 25 years. We will be next year. And, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm still, I'm more in love with her than I ever have been. And I like the, I, part of the, what I imagine in this whole thing is I love her and there's a, there's a jealous part of my love, not an insecure, freaky, creepy, jealous part. I'm not like, okay, oh, she's talking to a guy. I'm, oh, like, you know, she can't go out. I'm, I'm, I'm sussing out her whole life. Control. I'm not talking that kind of jealous, controlling jealous. And if you're with a guy who won't let you have friends, or you're with a guy who won't let you go to a connect group or won't let you out of his sight, can I just suggest there's probably a better one for you who will release you and want your best life. Just saying, just saying. This, that was a free relationship tip. But anyway, so, so in our relationship, uh, I, I would describe that I, that I have a, a jealous devotion to Danielle in a healthy way. Uh, I'm cool with her having, hanging, talking to her brothers and having a great friendship with her brothers, and I'm cool with her. I'm cool with us having couple friends, and I'm cool with her having having guys who she talks to and has got a healthy relationship with. But I'm not cool with any guys having a closer friendship with her than I have with her. I'm not cool with that. I don't stalk her phone or check it all out. But we have the kind of but but if if I found that she was hanging out with coffees with all sorts of or particularly the one guy who not me, I would not be happy, because and vice versa. I, I, and the whole point of marriage is that I will have no other one before or beside her. She has my heart and vice versa. And the Bible tells us that marriage is a picture of Christianity of Jesus and His church. And God's jealous and he wants no one to come between me and him. He wants nothing to, to take that devotion and worship and wholeheartedness that belongs to him because he doesn't want that. He wants an exclusive relationship with you, a healthy relationship where he'll pour blessing into your life, love into your life, guidance into your life. And so he wants wholehearted. He wants wholehearted. So... So the high places in the Old Testament, uh, they were decadent. They were evil. Next week, I'm going to talk a little bit about the things that, that drew people into the high places. But just tonight, I want us to get the understanding. There were shrines, there was altars, there was, there was poles, there was, there was worship to objects and fertility gods and the sun and, and Baal and, and, and Chemosh. There's all sorts of different worship that was going on. There was orgies, there was sleeping with temple prostitutes, there was, there was this whole lustful, fleshly environment. And you would come and if you would sleep with the, the temple prostitutes of the fertility god so that your crops would be blessed, this was the whole vibe of what would go on in the high places. Uh, some of them that were, that were particularly evil, were child, there would be child sacrifice. You'd pass your children through fire. Some of them you'd burn. They've gone back and they've discovered the bones of babies in little jars on some of these uh, high places. It's evil. It starts out appealing to your flesh with something that's pleasurable and attractive but wrong, and then it draws you into this evil life. This, even, this is the high places. And, and so the, the obsession that God had was, I don't want you to have other gods be, besides me, but I don't, I, I don't want the high places to exist. And you can be like Amaziah and you can you love God and do what's right, but you can still tolerate 
the high places. And what happens if you tolerate the high places, the idols, then eventually, if we're not careful, those things draw our, our focus and our devotion away from God. And before you know it, God's withdrawing His protection. He's withdrawing His blessing to get attention of a people, and they've got to turn back to Him. So I'm wondering for us here in 2019, what high places kind of might look like for us. I'm wondering what the kind of idols, because, you know, probably on it, most of us, if I said, would you stop worshipping that fertility goddess at, the, at, at Mulaney on the weekend and going and, you know, whatever. No, 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 we love Mulaney. I'm just, it's a high place. Okay, on top of Budrum. Okay, just don't go on top of Budrum or Mount Coolum, or Mount Pomona, or wherever, okay? Just wherever, just don't go up to that high place. Because many of us aren't going to go up and sing worship songs to a, to a, a stone-made idol. And the, the funny thing is, we like to think we're more intelligent than that. We like to think we're more sophisticated than that. But don't be deceived, we've still got idols in this world that we live in. We've still got, and so here, I've put down a few things that I think that, are, that would be a description of if something's a high place in my life or in your life, here's an indicator. And my prayer is the Holy Spirit will speak to us tonight so that if there's anything that's, that's got my affection, where that affection belongs to God, I'll identify it and I'll let God deal with it so that I am wholehearted and so that we are wholehearted. Because that's what revival is. Revival starts in my heart and spreads like a fire to other people's hearts. So here's a, here's a couple of thoughts about pulling down our high places or destroying our idols. Uh, uh, an idol is something that, uh, uh, just, this is my phrase, it's an unhealthy obsession. It can be an unhealthy obsession for something that's actually good. But it's an unhealthy obsession. What I do, I'll just put this little disclaimer out. I don't want to uh, think, because if you take this to an extreme, you can't enjoy good things that God's provided. You can't find the success that's required from a disciplined, focused life. I'm looking at Kira here, who's got to run all, you know, hours and hours every week to achieve the goals that she's got. And so I'm not talking about, uh, about someone being disciplined and focused and putting a lot of energy into something. I'm just talking about something that's an unhealthy obsession that takes the place of God, that takes my devotion away from God. And, and all of us are subject to unhealthy obsessions. It's the nature of humanity. Our flesh wants to draw us away from God. Okay, something, uh, so, something would be a high place or, or an idol in our life it, if it takes priority over my devotional life. I've only got this much time left in the day and I can either pray and seek God or do that thing. And if that thing wins all the time, that's probably, potentially, an idol. Uh, an idol or a high place is something that pulls me out of church. It's something that I find draws me away from God's people and the place of growth and fulfillment and, and where I'm connected to God's people. And, and that unhealthy obsession takes me out of the place where God wants me to be. Uh, an idol or a high place is something that I, I find my identity gets wrapped up inside of it. And suddenly, instead of my identity being in my relationship with my father and his love for me and the family that I'm part of, his church family, suddenly my identity is in this thing. 
and then I, I, I therefore get unhealthily obsessed with it because when that, that thing's going really well, I feel really good about myself, but when it's not, I don't because I'm getting my identity from the wrong source. And that's an unhealthy idol. And un, an idol is something that, that occupies uh, too much territory in my thought life. Too much territory in my thought life. So, you know, I'm going to be specific with some things here tonight. Just because, so, because, and some of them are good things. But I'm just praying through this next little moment that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to people. And, and just maybe he just gives you the nudge and say, that, that's become an idol. That good thing has become too important in your life. And it's, it's displacing God's, your affection for God. All right, just, are we ready to go? Here we go. This is a list of them. Uh, there might be a little going on here, but that's not my intention. I'm not thinking of any person in the room when I wrote these down. Okay, I'm not. I'm not. I'll tell you, I'm not. All right. The first one is money. This is probably the world's biggest one. Jesus talked a lot about it, that material possessions and money become the, power, become the focus, the identity, the obsession that someone, and it replaces God. And you can tell money's become an obsession or material things if you can't tithe. Tithing breaks the power of money over your life. It's, 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 the, it's the starting point. So, all right, that, that's the first one. Uh, sometimes Jesus met someone who, who had, who, who, and he met a rich young ruler and he said, what should I do? He said, follow all the commandments. He said, I'm doing them all. I said, he said, if you looked at my, my life, you'd, you'd think that I'm ticking all the boxes. But he knew that his heart wasn't sold out for God. And he said, you need to do something radical. He, didn't, he doesn't say this to everybody, but he said to this guy because he knew what had gripped his heart. He said, just sell everything, give it to the poor, and come and follow me, and, and probably he'd become an apostle. But he couldn't step into his call because something had his heart, and he, he walked away sad, and that was that. Sometimes God requires a radical obedience and a turning from something to break its power over our life. Sometimes. All right. Uh, screens. Just, let's just go, screens, TV, Netflix shows, Facebook, Instagram, all, all of the, I read uh, last year the average Aussie spent two and a half hours on TV or watching recorded programs, that's without phones. Now you're not allowed to nudge anybody here tonight, just so in terms of that this is, let the Holy Spirit do the nudging, okay. Screens, screens can be good, screens can be fun, screens can be entertaining, but they can also become an unhealthy obsession that disconnects you from God. Uh, if you're unable to listen to a whole message without going to your screen, might be just pulling, maybe, just saying, just, anyway, if, if you go to start to pray in the morning to have your quiet time and get caught up in Facebook and then don't get back to the quiet time, just saying, just saying, hello. Okay, keep moving, Pastor, keep moving. Come on, Coach, help us out here tonight. Number three, I've written down, shopping. I know you're like, oh, low blow, low blow, Pastor. No, seriously, shopping uh, can, can become an idol for someone. It can become an obsession, an unhealthy obsession. Uh, retail therapy can replace God therapy. Uh, all right, just moving along. Okay, clothes. Clothes. Okay, we've had John Cameron preach in our church. John Cameron is a great fashionista. He, he wears awesome, trendy clothes. 
I've heard him preach about this. He said one year, God just told him that you're, you've become too obsessed with what you wear. For one year, buy no new clothes. You need to break the power of this thing because it's getting too elevated in its importance. I'm not talking about um, a sac- sacrificing for the sake of an offering. I'm just talking about displacing something that's getting an unhealthy, uh, an unhealthy place in your role. And it's, taking, it's just taking territory that belongs to God out of your heart. Because we want to be what? Wholehearted. We want to be wholehearted. Okay, you're a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Okay, if you, okay, let's just be real here. If you've been in a, long, a long-term relationship and it breaks up and you just can't be single. You don't know how to be single because it's like, well, no, I don't feel good about myself unless I've got a boyfriend or unless I've got a girlfriend. And and you're like, well, that's my attempt. So, so I'm just bouncing from one unhealthy relationship to another to make myself feel good about myself. But actually, that can come an idol. And, and so sometimes you've just got to go into the just Jesus zone, I like to call it. Just me and Jesus for a little while to get get my heart right, to get my heart healed, to get sorted out, to to become all that He wants me to be, because I, I can be wholehearted. And so then I can be have a healthy relationship because God's taken place number one. Okay, just just now, don't get stuck there too long, though. Some of you think you're in the just Jesus name, but you're not really. But that's another thing. Keep moving along. Danielle's going to preach about that. She said last week. Um. Your appearance. Your appearance. If you're more worried with how you look than the condition of your heart, then it could have become an idol. If you spend more time looking out for how good you look than you do worshipping God for how how good He looks, there may be something's become an idol. For many years, uh, I, I got kind of a little pulled in this direction when I was about 18 or 19, and I just had to make a decision. I'm not. I'm going to establish early mornings for God, so I won't do early morning gym because that that was just that my. Uh, that's, that's not a rule. That's just me making a decision. It, was, it wasn't until years later I started an early morning uh, beach boot camp, and I get up before that to seek God. So that uh, just for me. I needed to establish a priority in my life. And sometimes you've got to put something on the back burner for a season so that it doesn't have your heart. Your career. You can become a workaholic. Your education. Food. Alcohol. Pleasure. Just the pursuit of pleasure. Sexuality, a lot of these things I'm talking about um, aren't particularly sins. If you're sinning, that's going to keep you separate from God, so just get that right and stop it. But I'm talking about some of the good things that God's created that can just take a place. Okay, here's my last one. My dream. My dream. I've got a dream for my life that I've had since I was a little kid. And it's almost like, don't pull my dream down because that's who I am. And my dream can become an idol because it's more important than God. I got told this years ago and I've loved it and I say it all the time now. God's job is not to fulfill your dream. 
He'll exceed it if you put him first. He'll, he'll blow it out of the water if you put him first. He'll give you, get you leaving a life of significance if you put him first. But it, does, it doesn't mean your dream might be a rock star in the center of, a te- of, uh, the center of everyone's focus and famous. And that can, and when that displaces God, sometimes we just got to lay some things on the altar. Whatever that dream might be. And I'm into dreams. I'm into living big life. I'm into living a big life for the glory of God. Not for my glory, but for the glory of God. All of these things can take our hearts. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. He came to church, was even part of a connect group, even tithed, but was not wholehearted. I wonder what it might be for us here tonight. I wonder what it might be. I, said, I, uh, I spent a year in Victoria living on my own, and I made a decision at the beginning of that year because... Uh, at that stage of my life, I, I was just, there'd be certain TV programs that I'd get caught in that weren't good for me. Be movies and scenes that I shouldn't watch, but I, I'd channel surf and get caught up in stuff and like, oh, I, this is not good for me. And I made a decision for one year when I lived on my own that I'm not going to have a TV. Uh, Danielle and I made the same decision when we first got married, but that was mostly because she couldn't keep her hands off me. Tell him he's dreaming. But I made it. I made a decision because uh, I just I'm like I don't want to give room for this to dominate my life. And that year, so much happened where God because see he's, if you eat junk food and then you come to an awesome meal and you're full because you've eaten junk and you don't get to enjoy the great meal you miss out. God's the great meal. And we get filled with junk trying to satisfy an appetite that will only be fulfilled with God. And so we sometimes just go, put the junk aside, create some space. And so that that year, I would say that year was one of the most pivotal years of setting up my life. I was 20 years old and I listened to sermons and prayed and got a vision from God. And I still refer to what God did when I pull down what could be an idol. Can we close our eyes in the room right now? Every eye closed. Every distraction aside. Two things here tonight. The first one I'm going to ask in a minute is if you don't have a relationship with God, I really want to help you have a relationship with God. I want to help you Step towards him. Receive his love. We're going to do that in a moment. The other one is, if you're here tonight and not because I'm trying to make anyone feel guilty, but because the Holy Spirit's just talking to you. Is there something that's getting too much of your attention? that's getting between you and God? Is there a high place? Is there an idol? Is there a healthy obsession that you need to say tonight, 
I need to make a change in that area. And if there is, I just want you to stand up in your seat. Just wherever you are. If God's been speaking to you as I've been talking, I want you just to stand up in your seat. I'm going to pray in a moment. Just saying, God, I want to be wholehearted. I want to be full on. Let him speak to your heart right now. I want to be wholehearted. What's, what's got my obsession that shouldn't have it? What's got my focus that shouldn't have it? Don't think about anybody else and what, why they should be standing. Just think about you and what it's going to take for you to be full on for God, on fire for God. And it's usually putting something on the altar. There's at least another dozen people you need to stand up. The Holy Spirit's talking to you right now. He's speaking to you right now. Just have the courage, stand up. Have the courage, stand up. It can be a good thing. I've known friends who, who burned their, their CD collection when they got saved because it just was pulling them in a wrong direction and they needed to. It wasn't that the CDs were bad. It's just that that was occupying the territory that God should be occupying. And I wonder what's occupying the territory in your life tonight that God should be occupying. There's still more people who need to respond to God right now. I know he's put this message on my heart for this season. I know he wants to fall on, on the altar of, of sacrificial lives, of obedient lives. And if it's you, just, just respond. How do you know it's you? Well, there'll be a persistent thought that keeps coming. There's a persistent thought that you can't kind of shake. You, it's a little, it's like your head wants to shake it, but your heart knows. Uh, you might be counting the cost right now of, okay, if I, if, I, if I give this up or lay this down or cut back on that, it's, there's gonna, it's gonna be different. Well, yes, it is, and it probably needs to be. That's why God's talking to you about it. I'm gonna wait a little bit longer because I just feel like I feel like more people have got a wrestle going on right now, and the wrestle is with your soul and God, your heart and God. And I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I know there's more people. Tonight's your night to just to give God some territory of your heart back that belongs to Him. Would you stand if that's you right now? Would you stand if that's you? Would you stand if that's you? Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Father, tonight I thank you that you're speaking to our hearts. I thank you that you're wanting to bring revival into our hearts, that you're wanting us to be wholehearted in this place. And I'm asking that as we have the courage to change the things that we need to change, to step out of the things that we need to step out of, to leave behind the things that we need to leave behind. Father, I thank you that we're going to get more filled with your love and your presence. We're going to get filled, more filled with your truth as we do this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So proud of you guys. You can grab your seat that each one of us will find that place of wholehearted worship and love of God. And everybody said... Amen. Awesome. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Isaac. So good.